Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. It was already in my heart and I just kept running into it. So I just want to read that to you straight up here at the beginning. And Seth, if we could just read the New Living Translation first, and then I want to push it to you in another translation. And then I just want to talk to you about it for a minute. Uh, These words of Jesus have kind of like haunted me all week in a really good way. Not all haunting is bad. Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Isn't that good news? Just, we're just going to, the only thing that's going to happen this morning is I'm just going to preach good news to you, you know? If you were hoping for a, a rod to beat somebody up with, it probably won't be here today. If you were hoping a scripture verse you could like whip your mother-in-law with or, or beat your neighbor down with, it probably isn't here today. Sorry. All right. Hey, here we go. Uh, let's read this in the message. Might even be better this way. Eugene Peterson translates it kind of like this. He says of Jesus, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Well, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Hmm. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. These are the words of Jesus. These are precious words. These are words for every single day, yesterday, today, and the future. And they run counter to nature. I think that's the first thing I want to say. The words of Jesus, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're tired. Come to me if you're burnt out. Come to me if your legs are a little slow, they run counter, counter to nature and to commerce. In nature, what happens to the tired and weary? You get eaten. In nature, if you get tired, you get eaten. That's how it works. The young, the old, the sick, they run a little slower, and the wolves take advantage of it. You know? If you are a tired wildebeest, you're a dead wildebeest. If you're a weary sheep, you're a dead sheep. If you are a weary lamb, you are someone's lunch. That's how nature works. And commerce is very similar. Commerce and business, very, very similar. Get off of your game just a little bit, and what happens? You will lose. That's what happens. Get off your game a little bit. You will lose. Prove to be unuseful in your workplace for a little while. Prove to be unproductive, or even this, prove to be a bother. Prove to be a bother, and you could be written off, which is the darndest thing. Because there's a sense in which your life depends on a little bit of hustle. That's what I've been thinking about this week. 
part of what's so crazy about this is your life depends on hustle. You know, nature and commerce, the way it's set up, if you want to win in this world, if you even just want to make it in this world, you better hustle a little bit. You know, this idea that you could just like kick back and something will happen for you good. Listen, people, maybe it won't. It's the darndest thing. Your life depends on a little bit of hustle. All of us have to work. We all have to make something of ourselves. Uh, how many of you heard this? Money doesn't grow on trees. And life is either evolving or devolving all the time. Like things are either getting better or they're getting worse. They're never staying the same. You know? It's just, that's the way it works. Like your body is either getting better or it's getting worse. Your bank account is either getting better or getting worse. Uh, the, the harmony in your home is either getting better or getting worse. It's never static, right? Like the joy in my life is either increasing or it's decreasing. It never stays the same. It, nothing is ever static. Nothing is ever stationary. Nothing is ever statuesque. Not only that, but the Bible says this over and over again, and specifically the other little scripture that was in my heart this week, sort of an echo of this, an Old Testament echo. It's where Isaiah says, he says this, he says, even the youth get what? Tired and weary. And that, that had me thinking this little, about this a little bit. Even little kids, even little kids, and how many of you know that little kids have boundless energy? Even little kids with boundless energy will play all day in the sun they will run through the yard with the dog and a cousin making trails in the woods and forts from fallen branches. And even those kids will collapse into their mother's arms and fall dead asleep and need to be carried to bed. And if this is true for children, then it's also true for parents. If it's true for the young, then it's also true for the old. For all of our strength and for all of our willingness and all the joy and play and hustle, everybody gets tired. And you don't just get tired in your muscles, but you get tired in your soul. This week, my youngest, Rowan, boundless energy through the yard. Uh, this week, uh, my youngest, Rowan, boundless energy in the yard with his dog and his cousin. And they put up a couple little soccer goals and they played soccer one afternoon, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. And they ended the game when it was 70 versus 70. <laughs> and he collapsed. And I, I thought, man, I know what that is. I know what it is to hustle, either for a paycheck or to try to hustle for God and to score 70 uh, for it to be a ding-dang draw, which is the worst thing ever about soccer. <laughs> It's the worst. It's so un-American. It's deeply offensive. I know what that is. And then to, at the end to just collapse, you know. And I thought, gosh, if this is not God talking to us, I don't know what it is. It's divine to be given energy. And it's human to spend it. It's human to crawl and then to walk and then to run and run and run and then to get tired. But it's divine to be picked up when we can't do it anymore. Chances are, if you're in the room, you know what I mean. Chances are, if you're coming to church, uh, you have either been weary or you are weary now. No one comes to church unless they know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Like, all the people who grew up just winning and winning and winning, they usually don't make it here. You have to go through a season of losing 
You have to go through a season of losing to ever get desperate to like give up brunch in the New York Times to come here and sing rock and roll at 7 in the morning or whatever it is. <laughs> Let me tell you, ain't nobody more devoted than the worship band, y'all. I'm telling you and the tech team, rock and roll at 7 in the morning for years on end. Yeah. You're looking for something. Maybe you've really done good your whole life. And maybe today all of a sudden you feel broken and bankrupt. Maybe the fire you used to have is gone. Or maybe you used to burn for God and maybe, maybe you don't burn for God as much anymore. Or you don't feel it like you used to. Or maybe you used to be alive and burning for your family or for life or for work. And maybe now you're not. Maybe the flame of your life is just a flicker. And on the horizon is a storm and you can feel the breeze. And it's a breeze that if it were to grow any stronger, it would certainly blow the little flickering flame of your life straight out. Maybe there's not much fuel left. Some of you all know what I'm talking about. Maybe there's not much fuel left. Well, here's some good news this morning. The good news is this. If you're weary and if your soul is tired, someone is calling you. And it's Jesus the inviter. Here's the thing about Jesus. I've, I've said this a million times here. Read the Gospels. Look closely at who Jesus is and what Jesus does. He is the inviter. He is always inviting people, and he's always inviting them to this one singular thing. Come to me. Follow me. In fact, the words come to me, they show up in the Gospels two times, always on the lips of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. But then also in John chapter 7, Jesus says, this. He says, if you're thirsty, you got to come to me. You know, if you're tired, like you got to come to me. It's Jesus, the inviter. And so if you're tired this morning or if you're thirsty, you need to come to Jesus. He's the inviter. Think about this for a second. Maybe you have a friend or a family member whose principal job in life is to invite others. You know that person? We have one of those here. His name is Andrew. Like, we'll put together a plan, and then Andrew just invites people. That's his job in life. <laughs> Listen, if you've met someone who's an inviter, you've somehow met Jesus. Because Jesus is also an inviter. And while you and I mostly want to invite people who have it together, or folks who can add something to the moment, the distinctive thing about Jesus is that he invites precisely those who cannot add a thing. This is the wonderful good news about the words of Jesus. You and I, we throw a dinner party. We want to invite interesting people. Someone who can add something to the conversation. Someone who, who, can, who can add a little flair, some interest to the night. And Jesus is also an inviter, and he, had, he invites those who can't add one ding-dang thing. The people who are bankrupt in soul and maybe even in their pockets. Maybe those who used to have it, but they lost it. Maybe those who never had it. Here's the thing about Jesus. He will even invite those who will never have it. People who will never get it, Jesus will invite them. The cultural losers, uh, the outcasts, the zeros, the ones that no one sees, the ones who can never add a thing to any moment, Jesus says, come to me. I avoid those, and Jesus invites them. I'll just tell you the truth. 
I like my close associations to be filled with people who aren't coming with nothing to offer. I like my close associations to be folks who have something to bring. But Jesus has tremendously low standards, and he invites the weary, the broken, and the burned out. This is the gospel good news. The tremendous low standards of Jesus. And some people, some people might be thinking, uh, are you talking about me? I'm talking about all of us. Jesus' tremendously low standards are good news because it means I can be included. You know, if he sets the bar any higher, I'm out. I'm out. But if he'll keep it nice and low, I can be in. And notice that Jesus doesn't just invite people to him. He's quite insistent on giving something to them. In rapid succession, two times, Jesus says, I will give you and take from me. Seth, why don't we just put that first scripture back up? I just want you to see this. Come to me, everybody who's weary, look at that. I will give you, 29, take from me. Jesus is not just interested in inviting, but he's interested in you and I taking and receiving from him. Jesus is an inviter and Jesus is a giver. God in Christ Jesus is a welcome invitation But God in Christ Jesus is also a generous host. And what does he offer? A couple things. A couple things. First, he offers rest. There's something about association with Jesus that imparts rest. Twice he mentions it here. Rest comes from Jesus. I want to say this to everybody in the room and everybody who's watching on the live stream. Rest comes from Jesus. He has it to give and he gives it freely. Some of us are tired, and we're weary from all of our labors, our natural labors, our physical labors, our emotional and spiritual ones. And similarly, some of us are weary because we are restless. Maybe I'm just talking about myself. But some of us are restless, never satisfied, always pushing for more. Some of us go from one venture to the next, and rather than being invigorated, we're left depleted. Uh, We got this job, and it really didn't satisfy, so we went and found another job. And we found out that that job didn't scratch the itch, so we went and got another job. Or we read this guru, and then we read this guru, and then we went to this guru's retreat, and then we went to the next guru's retreat. In fact, we've spent the last five years retreating, and we're broken and weary and crispy, and none of the gurus are doing the trick. Some of us left conservatism and became progressive. Some of us left progressivism and became more progressive. Some of us traded this kind of sex for a new kind of sex. Some of us awakened to the deficiencies of our parents and we vowed to be different. Some of us gave our kids more and then we decided we need to give them more. And the only thing better than that is to give them more. And we made a family, our family, into an idol. Nothing is too much. And then we went on this trip. And then we went on that trip. And then we documented everything about our lives except our sadness on Instagram. And then we documented our sadness because authenticity. (laughs) And then we slept with a new partner. And if we didn't sleep with a new partner, we thought about it. Some of us traded the old model for the new one. And then some of us got saved no less than a dozen times. 
Some of us got baptized, and then we got baptized again. And some of us went to youth camp and got baptized again and again and again. Some of us got baptized at youth camp five times for the things that we did the previous year at youth camp. And then some of us did church, and then we did more church, and then some of us did a lot of church. Some of us got a job at church. (laughs) And then we ended up dry and crispy, and at our most burnt out, fatigue, dead moment, this is where the invitation of Jesus, humble Jesus, gentle Jesus, calls to me and you, and if you listen, you can hear your name on his lips. Your very name. And he will trade with you. This is the brilliance of Jesus. Not only who he invites, but what he will trade. This world, in nature and in commerce, you trade the good for the better. But Jesus... It's not like that. If you will go to him, if you will go to Jesus, if you will go to Jesus and not the guru, if you will go to Jesus and not the job or the vacation, if we can learn to turn to him, he will trade with us. We will give our weariness and he will give us rest. We will give our weakness and he will give restoration. We will give our crispiness and he will give us oil. Who trades the good for the bad? Who trades the worthless for the priceless? Who trades the unwanted for the desirable? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Why don't you say that with me? Only Jesus. Like what does Jesus do? He will take the bad and give you the good. No one else does that. No one else does that. It's the brilliance of Jesus. And he says to you and he says to me, take my yoke. Take my yoke. And, of course, that makes us nervous. That makes us a little nervous. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't know what a yoke is. You know, that, that wooden thing that you put on an ox. It's so culturally irrelevant. It's like, what is this? That wooden thing you put on an ox, you slide its head inside of it so that it can pull a plow. Jesus says to weary people, Jesus says to tired people, Jesus says to to broken people, put on my yoke. And of course that makes us nervous because we're like, I was looking for rest, but are you trading me the promise of rest for just more brow-beating work? Looks like more work. Looks an an awful lot like what we were hoping to avoid. One of the things that you and I thought is, we thought that real life was life without constraint. We thought that life was best lived free, like a Matthew McConaughey commercial. (laughs) One where we all drive Lincolns and sip wild turkey while the mood lighting (laughs) is shot across our airbrushed faces. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, I laughed when I wrote that yesterday. You know, that commercial with Matthew McConaughey? Can I tell you what that commercial has done for me? If I get a zillion dollars, I will never buy a Lincoln. What a, what a, 
What a piece of garbage. What, what, kind, what is this garbage they're trying to sell me on? Right? We thought that life was no constraints, absolute freedom, where we don't work or do a thing. We were not expecting the sort of employment that Jesus offers. Here's Jesus, and he's got a yoke. I just want to say a couple things. Rest isn't lack of labor. Real life is not no constraints. I just want to underline that for everybody who's young and old in the room. Real life is not a life without constraints. Real life always has constraints. Real life always has constraints. I'll just slide this into the realm of art for a moment. Oftentimes, young artists think that the best art will be made in a place or in a moment of no constraints. No, 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 no. All of the greatest art is always made inside of the most constraints. Uh, if you just want to get down to brass tacks for a moment, as soon as you put paint on a canvas, it is limited within the frame of that canvas. Life, art, flourishing, rest comes with constraints. Apparently, that's what Jesus says. How many of us know what I'm talking about here? How many in the room or on the stream have been on vacation and did zero resting? What, only me? <laughs> How many went on vacation and worried about some things at home the entire time? How many of you have ever owned a business, gone on vacation, and worried about your business every minute you were gone? How many came home and went back to work and it felt like a relief? Oh. Or how many did this? How many went away on a trip only to become more disillusioned with your regular life? You went on a trip and you thought, I really hate my regular life. You discovered how much you really hate everything you do. That's a soul-destroying moment, especially when you've put a couple decades into what you're doing. Real life and rest are deeply connected, not with doing nothing, but instead who we are laboring with. Jesus doesn't promise a life without constraints, and Jesus doesn't promise a life without labor. Instead, he invites us to come and to work with him, to take on his yoke, and to notice that his work and his yoke is lighter than our burdens. Jesus has something that's lighter. It's lighter precisely because we're not carrying it alone. This is the brilliance in what Jesus has to say. When he says, take my yoke upon you, how many of you know that, that the yoke isn't just for one ox, but it's for what? It's for two. And presumably, if Jesus wants you to get in one side, who's in the other? Presumably, it's him. Presumably, uh, 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 the real life and the real rest that Jesus has to offer is the life that's constrained by his work and his presence. Uh, it's not being free to do whatever we want, but it's being deeply connected, uh, tied to Jesus. And in the very places where you cannot, he can. In the very places where you are weak, he is strong. Uh, in the very places where you cannot do it, he can do it. Has doing it, has done it, and will continue to do it. 
Whatever it is, multiply that in any direction that you want in your life. Uh, this morning, if you, if you are a real sad person, uh, can I tell you something? Uh, get deeply connected to the labor of Jesus and let him lift some of the sadness off of you. He can do it. By the way, he can do it precisely because he knows what it is to be sad. This is why we can trust Jesus, his promises, his invitation, and his yoke. Because, because he is God, he has the ability to do what he says. But because he is man, he knows exactly what it is to be a person and whatever it is you're going through. And the weakness, whether, whether it's sadness or temptation or frailty, or just you just ran out of gas. Like you did real good for 40 years, and you just hit a damn wall. Like it happens, y'all. It happens. And when you do hit the wall, you can take confidence in knowing that the person beside you in the yoke is humble and kind Jesus, who will not hold your frailty against you, but will pick it up. It will pick it up. Every single time. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Where you are weak, he is strong, and he doesn't even hold your weakness against you. He doesn't hold your weakness against you. Paul says that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Read for that. When you had nothing good to offer, Jesus gave everything he had for you. Like before you, were, before you even knew you were a sinner, before you cared, back when you were sinning and liking it, back when you were inventing new ways to do it, back when you were planning your week and your travel and your associations around more sin and more darkness, Jesus was pointing at you and go, I will lay my life down for him or for her because one day I'm going to invite that person to come into my light burden and my easy yoke with me and I will carry it for them not only then but now this is the good news this is the good news and if you're on the stream you might be like us in the room we're all pretty crispy isn't it true I felt crispy I felt crispy if you're crispy this morning good news good news jesus the inviter invites you to come to him we don't have to go to a guru we don't have to go to a seminar we don't have to have another vacation we don't have to get our social media game on point uh, we don't have to uh, double down on all of our religious performances we don't have to promise ourselves in god to read the bible morning noon and night by the way i believe in that stuff can i tell you all we have to do is come to him. Come to Jesus the inviter. Take his yoke upon you and feel his rest today. Today. Like whatever the heaviest thing in your life is, whatever it is. It might be a relationship, might be a job, might be financial, might be marriage, might be lack of marriage, might be second marriage might be kids, could be anything, could be your wacko neighbor, could be anything. Jesus says, bring it to me, come to me, come to me. And I hope you don't hear me saying things like, don't go get help, or don't tell the truth of your life to someone else, or don't, don't pursue betterment, 
No, of course not. Like, if you need to go to therapy, go to therapy. Goodness gracious. But don't go to therapy and not go to Jesus. You know? Go to the, don't go to the doctor and not go see Jesus. You know? Like, on your way, stop by Jesus' house. I call him. <laughs> Jesus on the telephone. Tell him what you need. I think that's a song. I think it is. Hmm. I feel the Lord. I love when that happens. Hmm. It's the kindness of Jesus. Jesus wants to be kind to people. You know, he wants to be kind to you. In the very places where uh, you hate yourself and you beat yourself up, Jesus wants to be kind to you in that place. In the very place that you want to be like real mean to your neighbor about something, Jesus wants to be kind to them in that place. For the weakness, in the very place you want to be mean to your husband or wife is the place that Jesus wants to be nice and he wants to lift something off. In the very place you're super disappointed with your kids is the place that Jesus wants to lift up. In the very place where you feel stuck is where Jesus wants to lift it up off of you. In the very place where you think, you know what, the one thing I'm wanting to happen in my life is never going to happen. Jesus just wants to lift all that off of you. All we have to do is come to Jesus. Come to me. Jesus says, if you're tired and weary, come to me. If you're burnt out on trying and religion, come to me. Uh, if you're thirsty, he says in John chapter 7, come to me. I have rivers of living water that won't just come out of me, but will come out of you. In the very place that you hunger and thirst, Jesus promises to make you a resource not for yourself, but for others as well. Uh, this is part of the gospel as well. Not just that Jesus would do it for you, but that he'd do it through you. Uh, in the very place where you've been most broken and disappointed is the place that Jesus wants to turn it on in you for the sake of the world. For the sake of the world. Or maybe slightly smaller, for Campbellsville. How about that? <laughs> Sometimes I get sick of talking in big, <laughs> in big pictures. For Camp, like, for Roachville whatever your neighborhood is, for Lone Valley, Jesus. Mm. I think I've stirred up enough. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time. <laughs>